something I she told me this morning. Hey, I want to pray for people. I thought that's so good because I think what God's doing in her life, He's wanting to bring to us. It's not just a coincidence that she was here this morning. So I believe already, just man, God's doing works in our hearts. So thank you so much. I encourage you to talk to her, like she said. She's a good friend to get to know. Uh, if I haven't met you, I'm, my name's Jonathan. I'm pastor here, and we're wrapping up or getting close. We have two more weeks of our summer series on becoming emotionally healthy people. And I appreciate just listening to Amber about the, a lot of the, the depth. As, as we look at emotional health, there are a lot of layers of that, and there are a lot of hidden things, and there are a lot of sort of like things that we don't know are going on that as we're looking at God making God make me a whole person, it's, it's a, it can be a complex process in some ways. And actually, I want to mention, too, that the Living Waters Ministry that Amber's going to be interning with and working with, Reagan and I did this, their uh, week-long intensive Living Waters on Crack training that she talked about just a month ago. And it was really powerful for us. And we are looking at starting a pilot group with, for this ministry here this fall. It's going to be 20 weeks. And it's going to help walk through different levels of relation, finding healing from relational and sexual brokenness. And it's something that would benefit anybody, but we're going to have limited spots, and we're still trying to figure out how many we can handle, and is there an interest? So far, we have three people who said, yes, I definitely want to be in. But if you're like, even today, like, hey, I have questions, or maybe that would be for me, I would encourage you to talk to Reagan or myself, because we, we're trying to put this together and just discern, okay, what should we do? How quickly? What can we do this fall? So the more you let us know, um, or at least we can have a conversation that will help us move forward. But changing gears a little bit, I had a conversation with my daughter Anna last night and then my wife Reagan, the two strongest women in my life, and it just sort of hit me. The difference between men and women, I summed it all up, like this is brilliant. You really, this is it right here. Uh, yes, that's right. That's summed it all up. That basically women have like maybe 11 dimensions or 70 dimensions, I'm not sure, like, there are a whole lot of dimensions of women, and like, the complexity, and understanding, and feelings, and emotions, and, and guys, we need that, like, there's, we need to be around women that help us get beyond our cavemen selves, and like, realize, <laughs> okay, yeah, there's more to the world, wow, okay, but you know, men, I just hit me, like, we're two-dimensional, I think we're about two-dimensional, and actually, that's a good thing, and there need, we need, that's a, God's made us like this because, you know, we need, women need us to be just like, hey, this is where we're going sometimes. And, and it's not just men and women, but anyway, it tends to be that way. So, Amber, you've got a taste of the 11 dimensions just now. <laughs> I'm going to be two dimensions. <laughs> and in our remaining minutes, talking about emotional health, our topic today is actually something we talked about at, at Living Waters. And really, I realized, oh, man, I haven't been focusing on this as much, and I don't think our church has been focusing on this as much, as really should be just such a basic part of being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus. And it's the aspect of confessing our sins to God and to other people. We're talking about confession for cleansing and change. And so there's a power in owning our sins and then confessing them to God and confessing them to other people, that brings incredible, like, that is essential in experiencing the forgiveness and the wholeness that God wants to bring us into. So, 
All right, we're done. That's all. I mean, that's basically it. Two dimensions. Just like do this and you'll have emotional health. But a lot of emotional health. But really, uh, this is in, in Proverbs 28, 13. The song, we, we taught our kids this when they were little to memorize. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. When we conceal our sins, when we hide our sins, which we're so prone to do, all the way back to Adam and Eve in the garden, they hid as soon as they sinned. When we sin, we hide. We want to keep it secret, keep it hidden from everybody. Why is that bad? Because we don't prosper. God wants us to prosper. Now, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about emotional health in every area of life, the abundant life that God intends for us. When we hide our sins, we don't prosper. But when we confess and renounce them, we find mercy. We find mercy. Uh, another version of the Bible, the NAS, says finds compassion. We find compassion from God. We find mercy from God. And we find compassion and mercy from other people, too. But we're slow, to, we're slow to get this a lot of times. At least I often have been. When I was 11 or 12, I was in my parents' bedroom, and my mom had just bought this, she's a collector, she's a, she likes stuff. She had just bought this bronze giraffe about yay high, and it was sitting on her dresser. And I looked at it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I so I did what boys do, I picked it up. And I didn't even drop it or anything, but just my act of picking it up, one of the legs broke. Like the bottom half of the leg broke off this giraffe. So what do I do? So I just say, oh man, that's, man, too bad. I'm going to tell my mom and dad, and I'm going to ask what I can do to make this right and buy another one. No, I didn't do that. That, that would have been good. <laughs> but I wouldn't be telling you the story if I did that. No, I thought, well, you know, I'll just like, that really shouldn't have happened. Like, this isn't my fault. <laughs> Clearly a defective giraffe here. <laughs> I should not have any consequences for this action. So I took that little leg, and I propped it underneath the other half of that giraffe leg, and I left it there. And I thought, whoever knocks it over next, maybe they'll think they did this. <laughs> and I'll be off the hook. So, did that work? No, that did not work. Later that day, I think, it was very quick, my dad called us four Hup children into the living room and said, someone broke the giraffe. <laughs> Who did it? And I don't know why, but none of my siblings fessed up. <laughs> and neither did I. I was like, man, nobody saw it. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to tell. I really didn't want to admit. I, because the pride was sort of rising and the like shame and the hiding was. And so my dad literally like lined us up one by one and asked, I'm the oldest, starting from the youngest, did you break it? No, no, no. Jonathan, did you break it? No. <laughs> one of you is lying. I did not crack. <laughs> I did not budge. I did not confess and renounce my sins, and my soul did not prosper. I, and, but everyone's like, uh, you know, it's pretty clear the way I lied wasn't good enough. To, you know, it was like, that does, that's pretty suspicious. So, but I still didn't crack. So my dad took me and gave me a whooping. That's, that's what happened in my family. And I still didn't crack. 
I still, like, it was kind of like, okay, it's dealt with, I paid the consequences, like, but I still, just in my pride, and, like, not, I didn't admit it. Like, I never admitted it. And I remember just being so, like, full of shame and guilt and, like, just being wrecked, like, really affected emotionally by this. Like, oh, man, I, I know I'm not right with God right now. This is not good. <clears throat> so I've, what did I do? So I confessed it to God. And I asked God to forgive me. And I still didn't quite feel right. And I really, in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, this is, okay, God, I hope this, I really hope this works. I know you forgive my sins. I know you died for my sins. I really don't want to tell anybody else. I really don't want to own up to what I've done. So, well, what I, I think we're good. I hope we're good. But in the back of my mind, there was this unsettledness that it wasn't really, like, I, I felt like this is going to come back, like at some point, just the justice of God. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna, I don't think I'm going to be able to get away with this. I don't know where it's going to play out, but I had this sense that my life, I was off the tracks kind of thing. Like, it was going to affect me. And this, and there was, there was a truth in that. Because my level of confession was not a real confession. My, just me and God alone, like, that was not really dealing with my sin. And I wasn't really getting the freedom that I needed from my sin. Psalm 32 um, says, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. So good. It doesn't say blessed is the one who never sins. Blessed is the one who lives a really good life. But blessed is the one whose sin is covered and forgiven. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. There's the, that's really the Christian life. It's not about our righteousness, but it's the forgiveness that comes through the blood of Jesus. And it's a blessing. It's emotional health that comes from that. But in whose spirit is no deceit. That's an interesting word, right? What's deceit? It's hiding. It's being two-faced. Projecting one thing, but the reality is different. Verse 3 says, For when I, David says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, you know, I, I think we probably all experienced that. You know, when we've sinned and we know we've wronged God, just, we can't live a healthy life because we're not made to live like that. We're made to live in a right relationship with God, with sin not getting in the way. Sin, I mean, you think about what's emotional health? Well, sin is the enemy of emotional health. All right, we can get to all the different, there are a lot of other layers and complexities, but let's just be two-dimensional dudes here today. Sin is the enemy of our emotional health. But he says, then I said I will confess my transgression to the Lord. Or no, uh, verse 5. Where was I? I was in the middle of that, yeah, okay. So anyway, yeah, verse 5. Let's, good, good, Krista. Thank you. I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess the trans my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. So we confess, God forgives. 
But, like I'm saying, sometimes a real confession isn't just to God, but it's to other people too. Look with me at James chapter 5. Find it here. James 5, starting in verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Okay, just think about that for a second. If you're sick, what does the Bible say to do right here? Call the elders of the church and have them pray for you. Now, can you pray to God yourself for healing? Yes. And God can heal you. But that's not the instruction here. He says call for other people. Why would God do that? Why, why, is, why is that the case? Why can't we just do it, me and God? Because God has made us to be interdependent with other people. We need the body. We need the church. We need other people in our life. There are things that God has for us that we cannot get apart from other people in our relationship with them. So there's healing that we're not going to get apart from other people praying for us. And it says in verse, six, verse 15, In the name of the faith will save the one who is sick. Sorry, the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. That word save is the word sozo, which can mean save, it can be translated heal. It's the wholeness of God's salvation coming to us in our, not only our spirits, but our souls, our bodies. It, it's, it's wholeness that God brings. The prayer of faith will save the one, will bring emotional health to the one who is, who is sick and physical health. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So, there it is. Confess your sins. It's all tied in, in, in healing is confessing our sins to another person. Um... The reason I didn't really get full healing from that sin back when I was a kid was because I didn't confess it to another person. So fine, I'm confessing it to you. It's healing's <laughs> coming. This is, this is good. Um, but no, I, but that, that deceit, that pride, that self-righteousness was working in my life. And my failure to confess it was bringing negative effects in my life. And it was playing out in different ways, in different sins, in different attitudes that a lot of them, some of them were, a lot of them I didn't even know. So fast forward to, I'm in college, and I'm a broadcast journalism major, so we're like, our classes are like doing stories for radio or TV. This was back in the 90s. There were, at that time, the only places that had digital video editing were like New York and LA and Chicago. Like the stuff you have on your phone, like nobody could afford it except like those places. Anyway, we had to go out, and one of my assignments, we would we'd write stories, and we would have to interview people, and I bought this old-school cassette deck, some of you remember those, and had to have batteries, and got a little mic to it, and we'd go interview people, 
And so we'd write a story, but then we'd have these bites, these sound bites that would be from the interviews that would be part of the radio story. Some of these would be on the, the campus radio, um, radio station. So I did a story, and when I got it back, I had two great like, clips, or I had the clips I needed, but one of them, when I listened to it, the recording wasn't good. Like there was some technical glitch. And so I knew I had taken notes, and I could kind of just barely hear it, what they'd said, but it wasn't like broadcast quality at all. It wasn't going to work. So but I knew what they said, and I, you know, I needed this, this clip for my story. So what did I do? Well, I found an accomplice. I found my sister who was going to the same college. And I said, hey, Rebecca, will you just like do me a favor? Will you just like record this, this clip for me? Actually, I didn't. First, I turned in the assignment. And then the professor, with the bad clip, and the professor said, hey, there's something messed up with this. And I was like, oh, shoot. Ah, I was hoping he would just like give me a B or something. I could move on. <laughs> but so I asked my sister to cheat with me. And she didn't even know what she was doing. She was like, this is kind of weird, but OK. So she like recorded it. I recorded it. I turned it in. And then, of course, I'm just overcome with conviction. Like, what have I done? Like, I did it again. Here's the draft all over again. <laughs> And I shouldn't be 11 anymore. I shouldn't be doing this, but I just did it. And at this point, I was growing as a disciple. I knew, I, I can't do this. Like, ah, I just can't live like this. And so I, I went to my buddies. We were in a small group together. And the guy who was discipling me, and I just confessed to them. This is what I did. I don't know why. I was so stupid, but I'm so convicted. And I'm going to tell the professor and I just want to confess it to you. Will you guys pray for me? And they were all, oh, man, of course, yes. You know, prayed for me. I went to the professor. I told him. He was like, oh, man, okay, well, this is, this is serious. Pro professional integrity. So I got a zero for the assignment. But I was, that was, I was so happy about that zero. I mean, <laughs> it was like the best grade I ever got in my life, actually. Like, oh, I'm free. I'm free. It was funny, like years later, I would run into that professor. Even I was, I was doing ministry, and I remember walking one time, and he was walking, just ran into him randomly, and he was like, hey, yeah, how's your, how's your career going? Oh, I, I know people at the FCA, like they're looking for someone to hire, like in journalism, media. You should apply for that. I could hook you up. Like, we, like he really, like our relationship even, like went to a new place, and he had a, a greater, greater relationship and trust because of that integrity. But more than that, just in my own, my own soul, just the, the work of getting rid of that deceit that came from, from confession. And that's, we need that. We need that so much. Um, yeah. So, how do you confess? There's so much more I could say about this. But it's really pretty simple. I'm just going to keep it two-dimensional. When you sin, quickly repent, quickly confess to God, and possibly to other people. How do you know if you need to confess to somebody else? Well, you don't always have to confess you know, to somebody else. There are a lot of sins we do. We can just take care of with us and God. But how do you know if you need to confess to someone else? Well, if you don't want to, that's when you need to confess to somebody else, basically. I mean, if you've, if you've wronged somebody else, I mean, you need to repent to them, ask them for forgiveness. But when there's something in you that's unsure, it still isn't you, you would not want to, if, if you're not confessing because you don't want to confess to another person, then you need to confess to another person. 
And, you know, I've recently, I was at you know, Living Waters this summer, and I realized, man, this is just so basic to Christian life, and I don't think we're teaching people this enough. Like, this is, how, how well are we doing this? I don't know. We need to talk about this a lot, because it's one, if, you know, there's a cycles of spiritual growth we talk about, from being spiritually dead to an infant to a child to a young adult to a mature adult or an adult. It's spiritual infants who need to learn to confess their sins to other people. Right, this is just basic, really basic Christianity, but it's very easy for us to, to skip. Um, if you don't want to, then you're, you're still holding on to it. I remember there was another, one, another thing that happened when I was a kid, more serious in a lot of ways, um, but when I was a little bit younger, I, just as children often do, but I engaged in some sex play with somebody else. And we didn't really know what we were doing, but, if, but it, you know, we knew enough. I knew enough. I, I should have known enough to not do that. Um, I actually, actually told my parents right away. I'm not even expecting they didn't even. I didn't totally know what was going on, but they were like, "Oh man, that's not, they clearly explained why that wasn't okay." And so, I you know I, I confessed that to God. I asked for His forgiveness, but there was still a shame about that in my life. I really didn't want anybody to know about this. This is something I didn't really tell anybody. I finally, I think, in college, told the person discipling me. And then I think, um, I don't know if it was when we were engaged, or at some point in our relationship, I told Reagan. And so I was like, okay. Like it's, but I realized a couple of years ago that the, the memory came up, and I was like, stuff it. Like, I don't want anybody to know about that. Like, let's just keep that quiet. And as I thought about that, even just this summer more recently, I realized, you know, that, there's still, like, why am I feeling that way? There's still a shame attached with that. So I'm still, like, I, I don't want to have that in my life. I want to have a freedom that everything that I've done is under the blood of Jesus. And he's forgiven me. And I'm not living with high secrets and hiding and all of that. But I'm, I'm living in freedom. And so I've started this, like, okay, I'm going to make a point not to keep that a secret. I'm telling you all. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying that you need to tell 100 people, you know, these things. But, but you should be able to. Like, you should be able. It's like this shouldn't be, that God wants us to be able to confess and so that, so that we're free. All right. I had a lot more I was going to say today, but keep it simple. Um, any questions? Anybody have? Yeah, Matt. Oh, yeah, I was going to talk about that, yes. How do you know you can trust someone? Yeah, it's important to confess to the right people. Um, now, if you've sinned against someone, then you need to repent to them and ask them for forgiveness. But when we're, when we're talking more about in our sins, who do we confess to? And so you want to look for someone who's trustworthy, someone who's a fellow believer, who's a disciple, someone who cares about you and wants your best interests. And, you know, the best person is like a, a peer disciple, you know, one of your friends, that, which we all need. At least one or two, like, friends that are in our life that are peers, that we're holding each other accountable and encouraging each other and sharing what's going on in our life. So if you have that person, that's a person, and possibly a person mentoring you, discipling you. 
if you don't have that person, then it's a good time to be really intentional about, okay, I need to develop these relationships. I need to find these people. And so those are the kind of people you want. Like for me, in college, it was those buddies that I was were fellow disciples and the person discipling me. Um, those are the kind of people you want to look for. Um, it can be a church leader. The, whole, the Catholic Church, the whole sacrament of confession is based upon this. And there's something helpful in that. But what's unhelpful is that it's anonymous, actually. And actually, at our Living Waters training, there were a lot of Catholics there. And the leader of the ministry is Catholic. And he tells all these Catholic priests, look, that's great, but you need to confess to a person eyeball to eyeball to to get the real healing. And that's essential and just like being open, not hiding, living in the light, not in the dark. And so, anyway, that's a, kind of going off the track there, but somebody that it's open and then they can pray for you. Does that make sense, Matt? Yeah. Okay. Good. I think areas of habitual sin, addiction, giving in the lust, whatever it would be, these are things to where you really need to get it out. Like that is, you're, you're not going to overcome that habitual sin as long as it's hidden. But you need people, and not just people are going to be like, oh yeah, I do that too, okay, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But people are like, no, it's, okay, that's, that is a big deal, but I can understand, and all right, I'm going to pray with you. And, but there's a commitment that if I stumble, I'm going to tell somebody. But I'm not going to have a stumble and keep it anonymous. But if I stumble, I'm going to tell somebody, and that's essential for healing. Any other questions? Yeah, Eric. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And there, there's, yeah, there's wisdom and discretion in that without hiding, knowing who are, yeah, who are the right people. Um, but I think the, if you, if someone is truly repentant, like truly sorrowful for what they've done, that goes a long ways in not making it seem, oh, it's not that big of a deal. But oh man, I'm really broken about about what I've done. All right. Well, could talk a lot more about this. Mm-hmm. There are a couple other good Bible passages. I'd encourage you maybe read, um, maybe jot these down if you're taking notes. First uh, John, one five through ten, and John twenty nineteen through twenty three. It's interesting in John twenty. It's when Jesus appears to his disciples after he's resurrected, 
and he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And that's, I think, their conversion moment where they're born again. And then he says, if you forgive anyone their sins, they're forgiven. If you don't forgive anyone their sins, they're not forgiven. And this is a deep verse. It's like, wait a minute, I thought Jesus forgives sins. How could, and again, the Catholics have taken this to say, well, that's why you need a priest. Like, they're the ones who forgive sins. And people have different understandings of this, but I, my best understanding is that, no, we're, as believers, we all have authority from God. There's not, like, different classes. Or, like, the priests or, like, apostles could do that, but we can't. But there's, when we forgive someone, when, you, when we confess our sin to somebody and they forgive us, there's something real that happens. There's something, like, that really changes things. And, and Jesus has given us that authority to bring forgiveness into other people's lives. All right, well, guess what your assignment is this week? It's not too complicated. Um, if there anything God's bringing to your attention, like, man, I haven't confessed this. I need to. This is a good week to, this, it's always, I mean, but definitely, man, do it right away. If you want to do it today, if you want to come up and talk to me or somebody else afterwards, we'll have a chance to do that. Um, next week, we're going to participate in communion. And Jesus said that when you, when you take part in the bread and the, and the cup that represents Jesus' body and blood, don't do that in an unworthy way. And I think part of that is not having sin in our life that's unconfessed. Not having stuff that we're hiding. But we are bringing it out, repenting of it, and being in a place of a clean conscience with God. All right. Um, let me just pray for us. And Rob's going to come up and close us out. Lord, help us. Thank you that you bring health and blessing, prosperity. I, I pray that you would take this truth, take this word, and wherever we need to apply it in our lives, would you help us? And help us to, to honor you in this way and help us to experience freedom and health and blessing. Make it clear. In Jesus' name, amen.